0: Returning guest, Keith Amos, based in Luxembourg. Keith, very, very warm welcome to you, sir.
1: Very warm welcome to you, although it's warmer here than where you are, I understand.
0: Yes, it is. I mean, good old Blighty at the moment. Good old Blighty. And what we thought we'd talk about, well, what Keith's going to do, listeners, is ask me some questions. And we're going to dance around the topic of you don't need money to be wealthy. Keith, I'm in your hands.
1: Yeah, this is very much turn the tables on the host of the podcast uh, situation here. And I think it's probably a good idea, Paul, if you started off, Mr. Lowe, by telling us a little bit about yourself. Let's say we meet in an elevator, a tall skyscraper, and you need to give me the essentials before we reach the top. So let's have the <laughs> highs and-, and if we excuse the pun, the lows um, of who you are.
0: Who am I? Uh, I'm going to give you a deeply spiritual answer. I am something. I am nothing. I am everything.
1: Where on earth did you get that from?
0: Just one of those things that come around every now and again, and it's part of the, the journey I'm on, Keith, and looking at life from as many different perspectives as possible. Obviously, um, you know, I come across many people from all walks of life and, you know, I think it's fair to say no matter who they are or how society may judge them because of their fame, fortune or not as the case may be, there's lessons in there for all of us. And that's certainly one of my favourite insights about life. I am something because we're all something, but actually we need to get out of our own way because we're all nothing when it comes down to it. But that constitutes, in the paradox, we're everything.
1: Mm. That does sound very spiritual, very um, meditative thought. I think there. Um, mm. You started off this podcast with a with a statement um, which which was quite bold. Which which I I think that needs a little bit of unpacking. If we could, you don't need money to be wealthy.
0: Hmm. What's in a word? What's in a word? word have e- words have energies. Uh, as we know, they have meaning. But they only have the meaning that we choose to give them. And that's true of all. I mean, events in life are neutral. And I oftentimes, Keith, use the example of a football match. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who the teams are. One team plays in red. One team plays in blue. And they meet in a big game. And one of the team wins 1-0 or whatever the score is. It's irrelevant. The result is the result is the result. One nil is the result. The only meaning that result has. So say there's 100,000 people at Wembley and 50,000 are red and 50,000 are blue. The only meaning that result has is what those different sets of 50,000 people choose to give it. So, the 1 0 to the winning side is going to be wow, what a great game! Full of elation. That referee was very bold to give that penalty. He was brilliant today. Blah 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 blah. And our star striker, the way he put it away uh, in, in the bottom corner wow, brilliant. The losing team, what a cu- the ref was the ref was bribed. Did you that was never a penalty? We was robbed. That was a horrible game, horrible game. I'm done with football, but the result is the result is the result. And that's a great metaphor, Keith, I believe, for for life as we play in the game of life. The only meaning events and words have is what we choose to give them. And it is a choice.
1: Well, I'll go along with that analogy so far. But what's the view of the ref?
0: Well, the view of the ref is he is there to be neutral. Mm. So maybe the referee's adage in life is I am something, I am nothing, I am everything.
1: So, in other words, the perception that you have of a situation depends on a number of things. Okay, If If you're supporting the red team, you want the red team to win, you always supported them and so on and so forth. But maybe we should all be referees, shouldn't we? What, I mean, why would we need to get passionate and worked up about things?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if we can be referees in our own game of life, absolutely. But we don't. We become distracted by external noises and we get involved in a lot of other people's games rather mm. than focusing on our own if we develop as players to use continue that uh, that player metaphor let's say the football metaphor if we continue and focus on just on developing ourselves to be the best we can be as a player in the game of life rather than being distracted into what other players are doing just maybe the world would become a little bit of a better
1: place and that's true although you know you have to take a lot of Um, negativity into account as well in life don't you and so those red team players let's be honest even the ref who's trying to be neutral in the whole thing is going to get some negative feedback at some certain point so how, how do we overcome that
0: it comes back to the simplicity Keith because I really do have come to know that life and do believe that life is a very 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 simple game Boy, do we complicate it as players, as individuals? Do we complicate it because we we get you know distracted in, into fear? Fear is a natural part of you know the human experience, and I think it's about raising the awareness and training ourselves to become better players. But actually, is that inspiration there to want to become a better player? You know, because we're conditioned with cliches. Um, around, well, better the devil, you know, you know, uh, work. I'm a working class guy. I don't go to university. You know, uh, all girls work, should wear pink. Girls shouldn't play football. And, you know, and this this stuff that we're brought up with and it, and it can be quite difficult to overcome that. I mean, I've spent decades in that space of, you know, victimhood. You know, I spent decades in victimhood bemoaning what, you know, what ball had been played to me. Mm. whereas then sort of the perception, well, you know, other kids get played a better, dealt a better, smoother ball and get to play on better pitches in life than me.
1: Mm. I, I'll, I'll follow that theme up in, in, in a second, but I've actually got to, I've got to put you back on the hook because uh, a few minutes ago I, I, I re- uh, relayed your words, which is you don't need money to be wealthy. And I'm not sure you truly answered that if I'm being tough on you.
0: Okay. Um, Right. So it all depends. Then, what is your definition of wealth? There again, through conditioning, it's usual, and I'm generalising now. Usual that wealth is associated with money in the bank. Right. And that is a a benchmark for life that we're taught from an early age. You know, uh, even and I'm I'm going to digress very slightly, Keith. And you're right to keep me on the hook to use your your uh, words, but you know. All rich people are crooks. You only get this is the working class kind of focus that I was brought up with. All rich people are crooks. You've got to trample on people to get rich and successful and all mm. this kind of stuff. Mm. So it is around that focus of wealth equals money only. What I've learned over the years is no, no, money's an energy and it's an important energy. And I would say it's important predominantly because of the the meaning that so many other people give it Mm. but there again we have choices how we see that energy and for me yes it is an important energy but so is health and so is happiness Mm. and so is social status and so is love and all the things that you know we kind of we maybe not give that importance to because you know well, I don't really consider being emotionally, you know, emotionally good. I don't think that's a wealth thing. I absolutely do think it's a wealth thing.
1: There could be a, a a theory that money is the root of all evil, but that was a theory put around by rich people to stop poor people from trying to aspire to getting rich. Mm. But I kind of agree with what you said there. I mean, there's an awful lot of unhappiness which is brought through through money or or significant amounts of money should we say yeah on the other hand we can do a lot of good with it if, if you've got the right heart and the right approach and and that takes me to your charity work Paul because um and I'm going to jump around with questions because that will keep it interesting but but tell me a little bit about what you've been doing with this world game Changers. well I mean in
0: simple terms Keith to wrap it up in the purpose statement of helping humanity to love life more I mean, that Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in old Ron Seal terms says what it does on the tin. Mm -hmm. We're helping humanity to love life more. But it actually goes through deeper than that, because by helping humanity, humanity then can be kinder to all beings, you know, fauna and flora, for example. You know, so it's this whole kind of I'm going back yet again. No apologies for repeating, Keith. I am something. I am nothing. I am everything. Because we're all interconnected rather than this uh, perception that, no, it's all about me, myself and I. So World Game Changers is a collection of amazing people uh, from all over the world that have a very, very simple goal. Which I've encapsulated in the purpose statement.
1: I mean, I know you as as an author as well as a podcaster, Paul, and you've you've published your own book, uh, Emerging Uh, I think it was Emerging Through the Forest uh, was was about your life. And and you've also co-authored a series for World Game Changers and a one-off book, Mastering the Game of Life. What's next?
0: Well, in true kind of living in the moment, Keith, I haven't got a clue. (laughs) I have (laughs) not got a clue. That said, I can share with you some twinkles in the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, which someone said, well, actually, so you have got a plan about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll quote something I saw at Birmingham Airport many moons ago when I was ready to fly out to South Africa. So on the pillar there, and, uh, there was this quote, um, man makes a plan and the universe then laughs. <laughs> um, and I agree with that because as one that was very fear-driven in the past, Keith, my my need for control, for detail um was was paramount and so i used to make plans upon plans upon i used to plan the plan the plan right but and that was all about control and insecurity i needed that certainty this is going to happen and by hook or by crook with a lot of tears and tantrums in between along the way the end product or the end goal did materialize usually a completely different route to how i planned it and how i brackets ego wanted it Mm. but the end result but it was the tears and the tantrums in between the stress that it caused me then was part of the contributing factor to go on a voyage of self-discovery to say there's got to be an easier way to iron out these creases and still achieve the same result. And that for me is wrapped up in those three simple words. Okay, let it go.
1: I like that. And from what you're describing, you, you've let it go to the extent that you're prepared to let, and let's use a just a kind of a, a well-used phrase, the universe decide. But isn't that something that causes a lot of um, uncertainty and worry? It certainly causes
0: uncertainty. Causes. It certainly embraces uncertainty, Keith. I Mm. would very strongly challenge your second word around worry, because Mm. if you want to bring in the F word now, faith, if you've Mm. got the faith to know if it's meant to be, it will show. And if it's not, let it go. And so what I do with that is when I have an insight, an intuition, something reaches me inside, I develop Mm. a strategy around it. Mm -hmm. I then take committed action to it. And then what do I do? And this sounds very, very paradox. I just let it all go. Right. I've done all my bits now. If it's meant to be, it will show. If it's not, let it go. And that can be very, very Well, You've put all this time in, you've put all this effort in and now you're going to let it go.
1: Yep. So another word that comes up in terms of what you've just said would be, and this is a kind of Robbie Williams thing, is no regrets, right?
0: Yes, no regrets is a good one. And if I could encourage or ask uh, respectfully, Keith, hold that thought. And I want to sign off on that at that point, if I may, around no regrets, because I think what we've done here, we've, we've created a great foundation. I'd like to pick that no regrets theme up in a follow on podcast sounds Um, good to me Paul (laughs) so uh, Keith if I can just invite you in as as mine host to share your contact details you know uh, where people can reach out to you and your your great work
1: well thank you Paul but it's uh, as I say tables turned so it's about you but if you wish to reach me I'm a career coach and uh, you'll find me on keithamos.com so k-e-i-t-h-a-m-o-s keithamos.com that's that all the info's on there Paul look forward to speaking to you soon
0: okay listeners so we're going to sign off here by as, as we always do a bit of certainty Keith was speaking about uncertainty let's put some certainty in by me saying remember the world's changing how will you respond thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?